Hello, everybody. It's Marcy from wavesofcommunication.com. Welcome to another episode of my Language Facilitation Helpline podcast. The information in this show is designed to equip and empower parents to take action today. Parents are advised to never give away your power as your child's language facilitator to any therapist, teacher, consultant, or even to a specific method or strategy and always honor your unique family's abilities and your own core values before you consciously initiate any action with your child. Most importantly, the strategies and advice provided here are general and not intended to replace personalized consultation. If you want individual coaching and advice, you should visit wavesofcommunication.com to learn how to work with me as a client. I'm here today with Jen, who has an almost seven-year-old late-talking son, and she has been following my videos for a while and read my book and seen some improvement, and now we're going to talk about what to do next. So welcome, Jen. I'm going to ask you to describe how you came to know that he was late-talking and your journey so far, what you have done toward improvement and where you have gotten. The actually acceptance happens kindergarten. You walk in and there's 30 other kids and you're like, uh-huh, I was kidding myself. You know, we walk into that room and you walk into the Christmas concert and you walk into the other areas and you're, your child's the only one that's breaking down. And then, then the age six, seven is like, oh, well, I shouldn't have spent the $10,000. Like we have huge families. I know wow. I knew every single one of them. I have relationships with children that go beyond um, any aunt, any cousin. We I always they're, they're just my people. And then when my son son came about and I couldn't get him, I couldn't reach him when the checklist started to come in place and then when they were falling off for my other nieces and nephews, you know. And I thought, okay, fine. I'll accept it now. And then there was the loss of control. There was just um, despair. Um, You know, you just get lost in in the research and the feelings. And then he lost me for a while. But he'd get bursts of me trying. And then weeks of me, you know, not being so confused, not having a bath. And then, you know, now him being seven, it seems like, sure, it's probably that he's older and that I've been trying so much for so long, but sticking to anything as well for enough time, like the AAC. And then having my, you know, there's always the one foot in, one foot up, one foot in, one foot up. Well, what's better, you know? And then, you know, thankfully with the, the, the Nemechek protocol, the one key ingredient they say is patience. And, you know, they don't talk enough about that in a therapy way. It was always more, more, more. Give him more, more hours, 30 hours a week. I'm like, who works? What child works for 30 hours a week on anything? At two years old. Right. It was repetitive and exhausting and insulting. He was insulted. And then I came across your Stop the Prompting Challenge, and I thought, Oh, that's a prompt. Oh, oh, that's a prompt too. Oh, you know, and then they started to add up and I thought, oh, he's mad at me. 
he's really just mad at me now and we need to reset this relationship. So we're dancing where he's, he loves who I am when I facilitate language and he hates me when I go back to, I have time for you now. Let's do this for 20 minutes where he only wants to give me three minutes. He's like, yeah, you got me. I love you. And then you're, it's over. You're being repetitive. And he, because he's not verbal, then I do the one plus. And, you know, I'm, I'm finding all the strategies. I've read your book. I've watched the videos. I look for the buzzwords, reach and teach. I look for very specific things as, as, as they become revealed. And I'm just like, I'm not seeing B exactly, but I'm getting there. Like, we're definitely doing a dance. And then um, I revert to an older way of doing something. And then I get the results that reflect that. Or he's mad at me again and or he shuts down. And then I, I don't know. I just feel like I keep frustrating him. <laughs> so, yeah. so it's stop. so confusing. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the, the big thing when that's a wonderful explanation. Thank you for being so eloquent in explaining all that, because I know that there are many, many parents who are listening to this. When you're using a behavior-based approach that is founded in a conditioning, I mean, it's operant conditioning. Conditioning means overtime training. That's how athletes do it. They call it conditioning because it's not just playing games that's necessary. They have to run a lot of miles so that they have the endurance and strength and skills and coordination to be able to play the sport. And ABA is conditioning to be able to play the sport of sitting in one place and doing repetitive things and tolerating and being compliant with that teaching model. Do you agree? I do. I successfully potty trained him using their principles and I thought, oh, I, I see where this is. This can be beneficial. Let's work on the right. speech kind of stuff was like, it, yeah, it, didn't, it didn't mesh. He was initially interested in praise, and then he wasn't fooled. He was like, don't even, don't even, I'm, that's not why I'm doing this. Like, right. he was really upset. And then I switched it in the last year to, thank you so much. And then he nodded at me, and I thought, wanted me to thank you for trying right everybody told me to just give praise give a reward give him something he wants then my rewards weren't good enough and then it'd be taking him away from the connection that he's supposed to have with me and then we switched it I told him can you I'll just work on things that he loves so then he'll gain successes and then the repetitive tasks were like oh this is something I want to do anyway and then he became really good at specific very cute little things and I thought Okay, I think that's what the point is. You know, I switched more to like uh, babysitting almost. It was like, you know what, we're not, you don't work, just play. And if he gives you attention, take it. And a lot of these people were like comfortable and happy. It was a probably a break in their day. The data collection was suffering, but my satisfaction wasn't. You're lucky, lucky, lucky that you have ABA providers that are willing to literally go against the rules. I don't know if you ever ran into practitioners who were uncomfortable with you making those suggestions. Has that happened? Oh, absolutely. It was in the beginning. 
when I didn't have my voice, when she said, nothing's for free anymore. And then a month later, um, I said, I can't even hug him. I'm so confused. Is nothing for free? And she said, no, there's a procedure, antecedent behavior consequence. Like, she probably used more clinical terms, but in the beginning, everything felt very cold in the sense that I didn't quite understand it. And I was trying to correlate my personal ways of relating to a child to a more clinical way that worked, that was, you know, evidence-based and all that stuff. And you just start to question it. So then I followed her lead and then I thought, okay, so I can't just give him his favorite food yet. I just have to ask for something first, like anything, like look at me or whatever it was. And I thought, okay, oh, it's working, it's working, it's working, he's looking, you know, and then in the end, he was just like, I'm over it, I became, I'm, I'm in my, I'm a toddler now, and I'm not a baby, and babies want to please you, and all that stuff, in the beginning, I guess, to get what they want, and then later on, he's just like, I'm over it, you're asking for too much, yesterday, it was like, three, two things, now it's eight, yeah, and now we're tracking and, it. <laughs> and you know, that's how you know how smart they are. And how old was he when he came to this conclusion? Um, I would say about five. He started moving the tokens over, you know, and then we switched to digital tokens. And then he started selecting the digital tokens to get through the process. And then he started to revert. Morning, he would do well. Afternoon, he would know every, he would erase everything that he had because he knew, I knew, he knew that the next step of escalation was just around the corner so why not and he would laugh at them he would say it wrong giggle and then spin around and then but then they saw that as a behavior of delay or you know and he's getting his own way and it became a battle of you know the way the parenting goes it's like they're testing you they're testing you and they want they want control I'm like they're not testing you and they want control they're realizing their own power their own voice and like Children will always do that as a parent, as a, even as a woman, you do that. <laughs> well, and don't you, know? you want that for your kid? Don't you want yeah. them to speak their voice when they grow up? You don't want to program them into saying and doing everything you want them to do. And any intelligent child, human being is not going to tolerate that. It's no fun being told what to do when you have your own ideas and you're curious, a kid, you know, you're learning about everything. You want to do things and you as his mom know his favorite things. That's what's what's where we're leading into now is this capability for him to actually know things. And, you know, I'm playing like my own little test and he doesn't get it. I don't, there's still something I'm missing as a disconnect. Like not everything can be fun. Like some things can be fun, but some things are just like repetitive everyday things. And I don't know. Well, that's what happens when they get to be nonverbal and seven years old, almost seven years old. He's got all these ideas and families with kids who have limited communication. He, because he can communicate everything he wants. Let's talk about that. How yeah. does he communicate right now if he wants something? Um, pulling, pointing. Um, he will say my name. Like, so he'll say, ma'am, ma'am, ma'am. And then I'll, like, look, you know, and then I'll guess. Or he hands me the remote and I throw it back at him. I'm like, oh, this is the game. And I'm just playing with him. But he's like, no, really, I want something. I'm like, okay, what do you want to watch? 
And that happens like a hundred times a day almost because he says, ouch. And then we keep moving and then he points through the menu and then I slow it down, but he's already lost. Like he's already like, oh, I'm going to get what I want. I'm going to get what I want. And then I lose him and then I get the I want or whatever it is. And and then the like, when then we started the language facilitation, he was laughing. And I was like, oh, I'm getting you. And then, you know, and then he'd start to say the last word. And then he just, like, bounced along. And then it's over it. And then okay. it's back to, give me what I want. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So <laughs> it's that's a really great explanation. And usually when I work with families in my program, I watch on video. So I would have observed that in a video if I was working with you as a client. But it, it was a really good explanation of a kind of a scenario of how it happens. And the reason that you are stuck where you're stuck with language, you know, when we talk about learning and a behavior-based learning, remember it's conditioning that this is the way we do things, right? With potty training, we do things different. We used to do things with diapers, now we do things in the bathroom. Um, with language, we used to do, you used to do things, get what you want, because that's always the first reason that people teach kids to communicate. It's the first thing that they start to communicate that they want something. From birth, it's crying when they want something. And parents learn to start to understand whatever your child does or says is some indication of their wants and needs. It's your job as a mom to interpret that. Every single, it happens with every single family everywhere. In a late talking child, they, for one reason or another, don't, um, don't get pick up language like other kids pick up language as people talk to them. In your son's case, it's probably a slowed auditory processing, which exists in about 20% of the population. Lots of people have this going on. But you identified it very early. You identified your son at 18 months and took him to the doctor where they started into the evaluation process and he ended up with an autism diagnosis at two and a half and immediately put into conditioning training where he was conditioned to know that you talk or respond or do whenever someone asks you, prompts you, says a question or gives you a direction. So from 18 months or two years, whenever you started all that therapy, you have doubled down at home and he has had it doubled down in therapy, a lot of therapy, where the only things he is hearing outside of hi B is come, sit, do, here you go. Hold, and even if it's a nice direction, it's hold my hand, follow me, come in this room, sit down. It is still a direction. And then when you get there, what do you see? What is the thing? What is the whatever? And you may have, he may have been taught that vocabulary. This is a, you know, I, this is a fruit. This is a, you know, this is a banana. This is a dog. This is a whatever. And so he was trained to memorize those words 
the, as the correct answers to the questions, which is the other kind of statement that he hears. He hears a direction statement and a question statement. So mm -hmm. remember how we learn to use spoken language, how you learn to learn, learn spoken language and I learn to spoken language is from listening to our parents talk to us while we did everything, while we when you know, we're potty training, while we learned to get dressed, while we learned to walk, while we learned to play with toys, while we went to the park and drove in the car. We listened to our parents talking and we picked up language. But in your son's case, he never had a chance to listen to slower spoken, easier to process language back when he was 18 months to five years old or even now until seven, yes. almost seven. He yes. is um, never had that experience of listening to those things unless, of course, he's watching television or videos where they will use statements because they can't use questions or prompts because nobody talks back to videos. So on a video, you'll see characters talking to each other, asking mm -hmm. each other questions, which is another question or direction. Come on, guys, what do you want to do today? Direction, question, right? Right. And occasionally, that's when kids get older, they like to watch demo videos so cooking videos where they are all demonstration language but a lot of them are directions to take the cup and pour it in how many cups first i'm gonna and the ones who direct you and say watch me as i pour three cups of sugar in the cake mix they don't say that. They say, now you pour three cups and write it all directions and statements, but they're just telling people what to do on those things. And that's what kids like to watch because it's all they have heard, right? And so we can't expect a child, these little tests that you're giving, like maybe he'll follow a random direction or maybe he'll do whatever. He is conditioned to follow directions in a structured environment with a reward involved. And unless there is a structured environment and a reward, then he doesn't even understand that he's supposed to listen and do what you say because casual conversation is not something he comprehends. And that's why you think he doesn't get it. But if you give him a very specific direction and even use a picture cue, because now he's also using an AAC device where mm -hmm. he can find all kinds of things and say all that. And as it happens, he's really good at filling in the blanks between what you're already guessing because also by seven years old he is very good at facial expression gestures uh, yeah. pantomime and you're very good because you've been around for almost seven years together guessing every nonverbal communication he's made since birth mm -hmm. yeah. so you're in the habit of guessing what he wants because all you know, you know, he doesn't know how to tell you and nobody's teaching him the answers to those questions. Okay. Well, that's where the, that's where the cognitive, you know, skill level is incongruent with like what speech could possibly give him. But in the tools that I need to um, facilitate this. So when we're together and we do the mini session and I choose carefully the words because he's nonverbal, so we're at one word 
it's very boring. We get into our thing and then I start talking and we start, you know, I just want to continue it and then it's too much. And then he covers his ears and he's like, go oh, away. I stopped bringing him things. So, you ah. know, we, and that never worked anyway when he was little. So I follow him and follow him and then I start talking and then he covers his ears. He's like, I want to be alone. Or I'm busy like pinching my sand and doing my own thing. And I start describing the sand and he's like staring at me and he's like, no, this is my time. So then what he, I perceive as his playing time is actually his relaxing time. And then when he comes to me and he jumps on my back and I'm like, oh, Ma, go on mommy's shoulders. We're going to twist around. And those are interactions, but they're the same every day. And they haven't like the same words are being used and nothing's changing. And I feel like we've been doing this probably for three years. This is where the therapists were talking about control. So what's happening is he, when he gives up control, someone makes him do something he doesn't like that isn't fun. Yes. So he's judging on his own feelings whether, you know, he is still not trusting that you are going to try to teach him. He doesn't trust me. He does not. He, we love each other so much. And he comes for me for what he needs. And then I interact with him and he's just, and I've never really done, I did the ABA stuff, but I let other people did it, do it. I didn't want to be associated with that, but it would be like, he said banana yesterday. I'm like, you said, well, you said banana yesterday. Can you just say banana today? And then I'll give you the banana. Come on. You know, it's like, yeah. there were variations to what I didn't realize was prompting. I thought I was maybe repeating the word so that he knew what uh, it was. So the, the prompting that you're doing still is blocking your process. I, I, I'm just going to be- I thought that, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, right, right. <laughs> but so he still does not trust me now. I feel like I yeah. just stopped the cutesy ones maybe a month ago and he okay. is still mad at me. Well, but, but there's still there's still is prompting that you're doing. Whether you realize it or not, when you walk up and start talking about Play-Doh, it's prompting. Oh. Yep. Because even though you are modeling your intent, you underlying, you are expecting him to say some words. And he knows it. Yeah, he does. Because you, well, otherwise, why would you go up to him and start talking about his Play-Doh? <laughs> He's like, Mom, I can't, you can't fool me. This nice stuff is still another way for you to try to prompt me. And until you get past this trust issue, it will, um, it will persist. This blockage will persist because he's too smart. He can manipulate around every little trick you throw. He can see him coming a mile away because his therapists have been doing it for decades yeah. and he sees it in them a mile away. Okay. So when he wants something and I slow down my language because you are getting, oh, you, you want a chocolate egg. Here is the blue chocolate egg. This is what this is what it sounds like when I give him so because I want to lengthen our interaction. I'm like, please just like can we, you know, I have your attention, but he doesn't care. He's just over it. He's like, I know I'm gonna get it. 
you know, right. you, so you know, and he'll smile and then he'll just yeah. wait. So my suggestion for language facilitation, it okay. needs to be away from the needs-based stuff because there are lots of other reasons that kids want to communicate and he already has a firm system in place to get what he wants. So mm -hmm. your trick, my recommendation for you is to start and don't worry about the when he wants something. Every time he wants something, go ahead and keep doing exactly what you're doing because even though he seems antsy about it and whatever, he's still listening. He's still listening. Okay. <laughs> right? That feels because if he's looking at you and smiling at you, even if he's looking at you and rolling his eyes, he is hearing what you're saying and he knows he's going to get the thing. If you are not giving it to him and you're going into long explanation about why not and he's having a meltdown, uh. that's a different story. That's a different mm. story. But yeah. and in that case, you need to talk about the feelings. And in this is the this is the thing that we're going to go to right now. And because I haven't brought the fact that he used to have tantrums, it's because of your strategies that we've moved past them. So we've moved past them. I always forget. It's only been since November. I always want more, but I have to celebrate. Yes, when I talked to him about his feelings, he changed. He changed and he felt understood. And even when he goes through something and it's a quick, now all I'm saying is you're mad at mom, which is funny because before it was like, Right. Sorry, dude. You know, it was very powerful for him. He has yeah, gone really. through the emotional states of not being understood to now being understood. If I want something or I can't have something, those are always the two reasons that kids will communicate first. I want it and I can't have it. I'm going to let you know that I'm unhappy about that. From birth, I want to, I'm hungry and I don't have food, I cry, you know, and a nonverbal right. child is always going to pull those things out. But just from watching my videos, you mm -hmm. have already extinguished that. Yes. So what it's moved into now is I don't want to. And I'm saying, but it's medicine and you, well, it's the Nemechek, it's the oils. Yeah. And I'm like, it's your brain juice because of the video that you said, describe what it is. And I said, you, you are understanding me now. And I think it's because of this. You take it every day. Mommy needs you to take it today. And he full stop last night was, I could see it in his eyes. He's like, no, no, no. Like, no, I mean, no. Like, and then it's like, oh, great. You're now uh, exercising your ability to really choose. And I can't, I want to celebrate it, but I, it's just that my daughter's age and she's going through the same thing, but she's a little bit later. She, he's actually ahead of her in this game. He realizes he has more power um, in saying no. And I'm actually honoring that where in the past, before your videos, I would physically do things. I would cut his hair. I would do things like that. And now there's this, like, the trust issue is starting to build up. But now I can't get him to take the medicine. <laughs> and I don't want to force him. And I don't right. know what to do. Well, That's where I really am very stuck now. Yeah. So my suggestion about the medicine is to take a break from it. Because you've been using it for six months now. Mm -hmm. And... 
if you take a break for a little while and explain it to him, say, be all right, we're going to take a two week break with medicine to see because if in the next two weeks you double down on these strategies. So the next video that you need to watch, if you haven't already, is the conversational video. Um, how to move into conversational speech because a lot of parents think that they need to get a lot of needs-based talking happening before they move into this conversational demonstration, but that's not accurate. What you need to do is you need to facilitate conversational communication before the needs-based stuff because kids have to talk. They have to listen when it's in a moment, but they want to talk and want to listen when it's fun. So the, um, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? They need I can't turn this to fun. I can't make this fun. And yes. I can't use reason. And I use reason with my daughter and it works. You know, you know, every small little piece, they all contribute to a bigger puzzle uh, overall. Um, and it is only now that I'm feeling really confident in what I've found um, yeah. that's working well, for him. So it sounds like for a plan that you, um, you know, your therapy, the time that they spend, how many hours is the therapist coming to your house? We canceled all of it. Oh, you canceled uh, Because all I was getting more progress with this. I was ah, not. Okay. I, I, I brought him in to, to for checkpoints. And then um, he was like, what are you doing right now? And I and then I, I named your website and Waves yeah. Communication. And, and then he just wrote them down. And then we saw him again one other time. And the amount of progress that was made in the month was such a big difference. He, Although his exercises were repetitive and the, the same, he was sensing there was something different. And then they had a bad session where he was not in the mood. And then we wasted another hour. And it was like, you know, those were those would be inserted like every four or five sessions. And I was like, no, I think I could do it for the three minutes he looks at me in the morning and then the half an hour I get him at night and the two seconds I get him before he asks me for whatever he wants during the day. Like I I added those times up and that seemed more valuable to me. So I don't have any professionals at all anymore. I've um, we do have the AC at school. I don't want to direct them there because our relationship is more important. I feel like they have other children that are using the devices that they are all trying to get a community together um, to do that. But I celebrate his verbalizations. I indicate that on his journal. Then she realized that it's starting to shift and they've started to recognize their own successes. And she, in the last journal entry, she did say, and now that we're starting to realize he wants to be verbal with us, we were so excited and want to go further. So it's I'm, I can't, uh, with the people that are in his life, I don't try to take a directional approach if they're already going there. And the AAC was a transition for all of us, for him to go into kindergarten with some sort of tool. And because we hadn't addressed his tantrums and issues and feelings at that time, um, you know, it was very easy. It was very, very, very easy, and that's all I wanted for him. And we're here now. So, um, but it sounds like they that. are celebrating his interest in wanting to be a verbal kid, and yes. that's what you want. I mean, if you want anybody spending time with your kid, you want people with that attitude about them because yes. these people have skills. 
you know, they know how yes. his speech pathologist at school knows how to get kids verbal. His teacher knows how to get kids verbal. And it's when parents have teachers and therapists that are set on continuing the AAC system or continuing the repetitive behaviors, the rewards-based behaviors after kids grow out of those things. That's when there's a disconnect and it's time to find something different. But, you know, you and you've done it just the right way that I recommend for other parents too. So to do language facilitation, you know, it's mm -hmm. all about is the child listening to you talking to them is the number one. And mm -hmm. once they get to that, what are you saying? Are you only saying prompts and questions or are you demonstrating language like on the cooking video, watch me as I stir, watch me as I pour the salt in, watch me as I do the laundry and get dressed. And I'm watching you. Wow, look at you. You are doing that thing. You are looking cool. You picked your dinosaur shirt today and that's my favorite because that's the language he wants to hear. He's seven, almost seven. He doesn't want to hear, put your right arm in, put your left arm in, pull it over your head, right? Because Well, that's where I was reaching. I was between reach and teach and now this, I, I'm shocked we can go into the conversation because that is the toddler age that I that's my jam. Like I know what to say and what to talk about. But then when I look at him, I'm like, is that over your head? Like I said, we play and then I get into it. And then I feel like, oh, did I just lose all that time not using the simplest language? No, he knows in. the simple language. You've been doing it for six months since November. You've been teaching him all the simple language. And he's like, mom, I'm seven. Stop teaching me and talk to me. Talk to me like a big kid. Talk to me like a kid who's going to college someday, not a kid who we're dragging through step by step. And use the same vocabulary, the cool vocabulary, but just be slower and make sure he's looking at you, make sure he's focused on you. And if he's not, if he's looking away, stop talking. Because yeah. at um, six-year-old boys are perfect at shutting people down, especially yes. when they have been in ABA therapy and had a lot of people telling them to do stuff their whole life. Oh, I can shut mm -hmm. you down in a minute. I see it coming a mile away. And the reach and teach is very important first step because otherwise, how are you going to get in there? And the reach and teach you're trying with the Play-Doh is too aggressive still. It's too aggressive. So go back to the book and go back to that reach and teach strategy, back to the, where you're observing and talking from far away and not talking about your pinching things. You are doing whatever. It's like, ooh, you got the blue Play-Doh today. Oh, I can smell it. I smell the Play-Doh now. You must be pinching Play-Doh. Like whatever conversationally not, you are pinching Play-Doh. He's like, as soon as you oh. say that, he's like, mm -hmm. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah. Thank you so much. Honestly. That's what he wants to hear. It, yeah. Think about if you're teaching your friend how to cook a meal, anything like that. How do you get that person to pay attention to you? You yeah. talk with them and you explain things. And if they don't get it, they look at you funny and you go, wait, you didn't get that. Let me explain it more. And you already learned that with your son. 
because you're only using it in the important things when he needs it and when you gotta get him to do something. I can read body language quite well. Kids are so transparent, but with you know, with his body language was it's very difficult to interpret because of the lack of eye contact and the intensity there. That yeah. new level of observation that I don't have down yet. You pegged it correctly. I don't have that down yet because I have the body language and observing what he likes. I, I feel like I've gone through the beginning stage of all of the, your intro stuff where I'm guessing that's why the videos exist because people relate to that and they're finding you. But right now it's definitely that, okay, so what now? We both stare at, he stare, we stare at each other sometimes. He's like, okay. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know. And now I lost you and I lost it. And now I go back to what worked and then he's bored and mad and annoyed. And then now I see that that could have gotten worse because I wouldn't have never gotten past the stage, so. Right, because That's he cool. won't give you, you know, they get to the point where they're successful and they stop trying to get better because it works. You know, if it, right. if it doesn't work, don't fix it, right? Right. <laughs> so but you know there's better, you know there's better, uh, you know, future for him if he will adapt the spoken language. But honestly, nobody's teaching him the language because even remember how many questions and directions you're giving him all day. You're giving him nice directions. Come on, let's do this fun thing. But it's still a direction. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. I think I know my next steps. This is quite valuable. Thank you so much. I just can't believe I'm talking to you. I'm getting it. I'm not just listening into your video and waiting for the right thing. I can actually ask you a direct question. Right. Yeah, I know. I, I do get yeah. it. I definitely do. Yeah, and it, it's nice it for me because I the progress that people are seeing is blowing my mind. Even you. Even you, all I do is do these videos and just hope that somebody's going to take them and somebody's going to help. And then somebody said, write a book. And I said, all right, well, I wrote this program. I'm going to take part of the program and put it in a book and see what happens. And people are buying the book and they're like, I can do this. This is easy. And now he's happy. And their household, look, your household's happier, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's been so many years. And yeah, it's always between the power struggle of it really trusting me. It's the trust. And there's always just the point of me going, I can't handle this. Yeah. And and um, that's the way it's always going to be yep. as a parent. Early intervention that everyone was pushing that would get him this far. They didn't get him that far. You convince yourself that the investment at the time had to result in something. You did your yeah. best with what you could at the time. So I feel like there's got to be a do it. I'm just my You have family and friends and other kids around you. You have a good school. You have a, a, an interest and ability to learn from professionals. You can go pay your speech therapist $4,000 and they're going to tell you that they will do it for you. I know I'm asking you to pay me a lot of money and I'm making you do the work. And that's what coaching is. It's not, you know, and a lot of people don't realize why should I spend the investment? They think that it's better if that person just fixes their kid for them. You'd, you know the difference in using the information and how powerful you are because even 20 hours a week of me at your house doing speech therapy couldn't be as good as you. Couldn't. Ever. And I'm the best therapist on the planet. <laughs> 
I believe it. That's the other thing that's really cool, really cool about my long, my lifetime community. Every week I have two meetings where parents join because I've got people all over the world. In that meeting, you'll hear me talk to two or three or four other moms who are in the same position you are in. And you'll hear me coach them. And mm -hmm. it's incredibly beneficial to the parents. Plus you can relate and know other people who are literally using the same thing and you can ask questions and join and connect with them too. If you join my <laughs> program, Jen, if you join my program, everything will be fun. I will show you how to make everything fun. Everything that he hates, I will show you how to make it fun if you can't figure it out. But I think you can. I think you can. I think you're good at it because you're intuitive. This is the next level of that, right? That's yeah. right. The all the next level because you can go as far as you want. I, I've been doing this a long time. And these, I mean, when you look at Marianne, who has a kid who has a real physiological motor impairment, and she got her kid to try his way to talking. He just, he just, I want to be a talker. And his mom's like, let's go, let's talk. And they work together. And that kid is conversational. Wow. Trust yourself, girl. You can do this better. You know, you've got it yeah. going on. You've got it going on. And it's not uncommon for me to talk to people at this stage after they've been working with my resources for months. I oh, I try to do everything myself. I DIY everything, but, and then it looks like crap and they're like, I can only take it so far. I can yeah. only give you so much without knowing the intimates of your family. And I give away my best stuff. I do. But a mom who can dig through videos and find the right thing without talking to me is only still going to get so far with those yeah. strategies till you learn how to intuitively figure it out. Now, the other thing that you get as part of my program when you work with me is you also get access to my independent study course, which is literally the That's book. That's what I was going to originally start off with. Yeah, yeah. But then the book came out and I was like, maybe the I book can get the book is the first bit. The book okay. is the first little bit. And the course takes you all the way through social interaction, conversational, how to model uh, the language facilitation talk. It literally takes you through the developmental steps you need to get you there. And you get that when you work with me. Because spring break for in Canada is um, the last week of March, first week of April. So that's a good okay. transition for weather and stuff too. Yes. And like the time change just happened here. And yep. so like if I get the nuances of the things that I'm responsible for um, in a routine, then I won't have to deal with that if I were to start the program. We're going to go through your plan and I'm going to give you, all right, when you get up in the morning, we're going to talk about those blockages first. So once that happens and we understand what's going on, then I say, all right, let's talk about your day. What are you going to do, mom? What are you going to do, dad? How are we going to fit this in so that your spring break is all like language facilitation time and whatever fun you do that's out of school, you facilitate language, whatever, you know, with your daughter daughter too, how to get her involved in the process. If you use the strategies I give you for two weeks, you're going to see enough improvement to need new strategies because you're already in, you're already in improvement mode and every family does because the, the strategies are going to be that easy. And I'm like, if you do that, follow your plan, you'll see enough improvement. You're like, all right, 
and you will know when you come back. Now I want to teach this and this and this and this and this. And you give me your whole laundry list that you want to teach to work on those that new plan, the upgraded plan. But that's mm -hmm. how you move through because coaching only works if you feel like you need coaching. If my goal is I want to get you so good at doing this that you're out there telling other people, look, I'm going to upfront train you first. And then six yeah. months later, going back into prompting or because yeah, I can be like, he doesn't want to do it for like a week. And you're like, you know, this and then the prompting starts again. <laughs> I can see that happening. Yeah. It's what happens. It's what happened to you. It's exactly yeah. what happened to you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's why the Lifetime Program exists. Now that I've done it with 100 families all over the world in different languages and stuff, now wow. I know what you need. I can okay. tell you what you need. You've got it in writing. You've got it on videos. You've got it in a course. You've got it in a book. If you don't go out and figure this out on yourself, then I don't know. I can talk to. Okay. Thank you very much. You know, I'm, I'm really looking forward to working with you. I, can really I am help. too. So my timing is right. Yep. And I want yeah. you to make the right decision the right way in the right time too, because coaching isn't something you can sell on somebody like, come on, you can, do this, you can do this. So that's why I'm real careful about the people that I work with. And I want to work with more people like you. And I know that there are other moms like you out there who mm -hmm. uh, do want the right kind of guidance and they want to do it themselves. So yeah. Yeah. So that's a deal. Well, it's a pleasure to meet you, Marcy. Thank you so much. Yep. Thanks for listening in today. Please share this podcast episode with anybody you think can benefit. And remember, there are tons of resources across my Waves of Communication platform to help you get started today on your language facilitation journey. There's more than 200 free videos on YouTube, a daily blog in my group on Facebook, my book, if it isn't fun, it isn't fun. Teach Your Child to Talk Faster Than Speech Therapy is available on Amazon and Audible and my coaching programs. And all the details are on my website at wavesofcommunication.com. Of course, I'll be back next week with more information and strategies to help you continue on your language facilitation journey. Bye for now.